0: Welcome to the Radiant Badass. If you like your suburban mom with a side of punk and your spirituality laced with pop culture references, friend, you are home. I'm your host, Elizabeth Holmes. I'm so glad you're here. Let's have some fun. Hey, friends. Guess who has been on my mind so much lately that here I am doing a whole ass episode about him. I'm not even going to make you guess because you won't. It's Ricky Ratman. Remember Ricky? Ricky was the host of Headbangers Ball on MTV from like the late 80s to the mid 90s. Probably. I did not check the wiki for this exact detail, but I did look up Headbangers Ball and was reminded that Ricky was the third host. The first host was Kevin Seal. Remember him? And it never seemed like a fit that he would be hosting that. So I went down. A little rabbit hole, a little rabbit hole confession here. Kevin Seal was married to the filmmaker Lynn Shelton. Lynn tragically died in 2020 at the age of 54, which is so freaking young. And when she died, she was with the comedian and podcaster Mark Maron. And they had like this whole whirlwind love affair together that Mark talked about. And like it made him like not sad. But it all just felt very six degrees and unexpected when I read that like there's Kevin Seal in that whole situation. Anyway, Kevin was a better fit on 120 minutes. And that is what I'm going to say about that. Second host was Adam Curry. Remember that guy's hair? It was epic. I went down Adam Curry's Wikipedia a little bit too. And that's just shocking. Like he's really done a lot with the internet (laughs) and stuff and uh, didn't see that coming, but kudos to you, Adam Curry. But back to Ricky. He hosted the longest, and if you're not familiar with Headbangers Ball, oh, friend, what a delightful time that was. I have talked about my love of hair metal bands before. Everything about this whole hair metal thing just has like a light party feel to it for me. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking about bands like Motley Crue, I'm not talking about Bon Jovi, I'm not talking about Guns N' Roses. No, I am not. I have a very intricate, specific internal classification system for bands, and none of those bands that I just mentioned I consider hair bands for various reasons, but there's no arguing with my classification system. It is 100% true. When I talk about hair metal bands, I mean bands like Faster Pussycat, LA Guns, Hanoi Rocks, Bullet Boys, I'm talking Slaughter, Cinderella, Rat. We're talking poison, warrant, white snake, kicks, Britney Fox, white lion, bang tango, winger. I'm listing those from memory, and I'm wondering if that couldn't be a future Gen X cognitive decline test. Where your doctor's like, name all the hair metal bands you can in sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did several. Anyway, I know there's more out there, uh, but that's the vibe I'm talking about. Like a big emphasis on hair, makeup, outfits, on the look, and the music is just light. Some of the bands got pretty big. I mean, I think Poison did, but not like epic, huge, like Guns N' Roses. And I have to admit, like, it's kind of funny because I'm sitting here right now having imaginary arguments with imaginary people in my head, people that are trying to put bands on the list that don't belong on my list. Def Leopard is one that gets thrown in there and just like, no, Def Leopard does not belong for reasons. OK, not a hairband. All of the cats in this scene were singing about drugs, sex, rock and roll, having a good time, getting laid, little ducking authority, full party vibe like they did do power ballads about love. Uh, chicks dig them, but nothing heavy. It was totally if glam and metal had a baby. That's what it was. And I was into the scene for a bit. I'll admit it was a dirty little secret because most of my friends were true metal heads and would not be caught dead listening to hair metal. Only made fun of hair metal. But the worlds of like hair metal and heavy metal and thrash metal, these worlds were brought together every Saturday night through Ricky and Headbangers Ball. Because they didn't discriminate on that show between various metal genres, speed metal, heavy metal, hair metal, thrash metal. It was all represented on the show. I mean, to the degree that videos were produced, I mean, I imagine that was a limitation. I'm sure a lot of bands weren't able to produce videos, and so they weren't included. Like, I'm, I don't want to give you the idea this was some like, wildly inclusive of every subsection of the genre, because it was not. But it was more than you would get on MTV like during the day. I think for quite a while hair metal got more airtime during the show. Because let's face it, like they were cuter. There was more effort put into their looks. Now you might be asking, at this point, now that I've gone off on hair metal, what got me thinking about Ricky and his indelible impression on me? Twitter. I know before you start. I know Twitter is garbage. A dumpster fire a mess, like whatever you want to call it. It's disgusting. I know all of that. And still I am sometimes lured into that feed because one, I've read some of the funniest things I've ever read in my life on that platform. And also I am fascinated by who decides to be active on Twitter. It is a treasure trove of people that used to be famous and are now maybe not so much. There's famous people on there too, obviously. But what I'm drawn to are the celebrities that were very hot for a while and are maybe D list now. Maybe D list. To be very clear here, no shade. I am throwing no shade on these people at all. And I am fascinated by people who used to be a thing and now maybe aren't so much and how they deal with that. And I see some gracefully, some not so much. There is so much nostalgia on that platform. Here's where Ricky got my attention, because friends, Ricky is going through it emotionally and he's being really open and vulnerable on Twitter, like Twitter of all places. In the 80s and the early 90s, at least for a certain group of music fans, this guy was the shit. I mean, Ricky was cool. He was a co-owner of the Cat House, which was a very hot club on the Sunset Strips where things were happening. There he was hosting Headbangers Ball. It seemed like he was friends with all the bands and was constantly going to shows and doing cool shit. I mean, his club on the strip was debauchery central. I mean, the strip was debauchery central and Ricky was one of the ringleaders. Like, that's amazing. I thought that was amazing. I mean, sometime in the mid-90s, the hair metal scene kind of collapsed. But before that, Ricky was a shit. Hair metal started to fade Heavier metal got more popular and they had songs about death and angst and pain, not so much porn stars and sex. Um, And of course, at the same time, grunge exploded with their songs of death and angst and pain and also a little less reliant on porn stars and sex. So all of this sincerity in these musical moments didn't leave much room for the raunchy fun of hair metal. Taste change. I get it. Mine did. But it looks like it left Ricky feeling some kind of way because his Twitter feed reflects that he's really feeling that lack of relevance deeply. And now I find myself rooting for Ricky. I, too, think he should be appreciated for his contributions to that cultural moment. Honestly, did I love him as a host? No, I didn't. But making fun of his enthusiasm was a bonding thing for me and my friends. He was a constant on my Saturday nights, no matter where I was. If we turn the TV on after midnight, I think it was midnight. There's Ricky and friends doing something. I would love to see him now do some kind of niche throwback headbangers ball show on YouTube or Twitch or whatever platform the olds can access because nostalgia is hot. I want him interviewing the bands that are still doing it. All those bands that you see on the casino and small club circuit, all the ones where your high school friends are on Facebook going to the shows and posting pictures, and they're loving it. These guys are still playing the favorites. Like, yes, please, get these bands on there with Ricky. Explore their lives for me, because I want to know. I want to know what their lives are like. I want to know what life is like when you were hot, and now you're not. I want an entire reality TV series covering those nostalgia cruises that they do with 80s and 90s bands. Like I have Sirius XM radio and they're always advertising for these cruise weekends with like hair metal bands or like 80s bands. I mean, you gather these people that were in these bands and they had these lives touring, recording people adoring them. And then they've gone back to a civilian life. And then like you gather them together. They have a few band practices and then they spend a week with an entire boatload of fans. Like I'm talking a literal boatload of people who are so excited to see them. I need to know what in the hell is that like? I want to know. And I want Ricky to host it for me. And I want Ricky to get some relevance through this once again. I wanna know. Aging tattoos, leather pants way past their sell by date, excessive cosmetic procedures. I wanna talk all about it. Hell. Let's get Kip Winger on there to discuss his problematic song, 17. (sighs) Not okay, Kip. Then we can switch to talking to Kip about his multiple Grammy wins for his classical music career. Like, what's that journey? People contain multitudes, and for whatever reason, I want Ricky to unpack this hair metal shit for me. Not to clarify, was the hair metal scene problematic? Yes, absolutely. See the whole debauchery storyline. You'll notice a conspicuous lack of women in the bands. Women were ornaments for the bands. Women provided support for the struggling bands. Women were objectified by the bands. Yes, yes, all of that, all problematic. I believe the past is always going to be problematic because we're always learning and growing. At least we're supposed to be. Are we going to look back in 30 years and cringe about some of the stuff we're doing today that we don't give a second thought to? Of course. This isn't some heyday of compassionate, and empathetic society, is it? I mean, I hope not. I still want my hair metal stories. So, Ricky, if you hear this, I need you to rally your remaining connections in the business and put together a show for me. I can't believe I'm the only one. I know I'm not the only one that would tune into this. I want you to celebrate that epic of heavy metal, that epoch. I want you to celebrate that moment of heavy metal that you showed us on Headbangers Ball. Help me, Ricky Rotman. You're my only hope. Okay, that's this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and are ready to join me in getting a Headbangers Ball revival. And until next week, I'm Elizabeth Holmes, and this is the Radiant Badass Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave me a solid review. If you want to take this to the next level, you can sign up for my newsletter at radiantbadass.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Radiant Badass. You know I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you to my producer and coach, Chris Martin. Hit him up at curiosity.builders or Chris Martin Studios for your chance to work with him. This has been the Radiant Badass. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. See you next time.